Bernie James didn't have it easy. He served in Vietnam and then got married, had three young children, and his wife died. His second wife, Patty James, should have been a breath of fresh air. And she was for a time, until she got greedy. Apparently, life insurance money seemed a whole lot more palatable than Bernie being alive. So she had him murdered. In this episode, Katie and Christy talk about how Patty James tricked someone into doing her dirty work. Hey everybody and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver and I'm here with my sister, co-host and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey everybody. How's it going? It is good. Good. How are you? I'm well. We literally just came from the cold read party and it was so interesting. We had a bunch of interesting cases posed to us. Uh, this month. And if you're not a part of the Cold Read Party, you can subscribe through YouTube. Then you can come once a month to the Cold Read Party and throw cases at us to, uh, well, Cold Read. It's what we do. It is what we do. Yeah. It's pretty fun. It is. It really is. It's also been a huge day in crime. I'm so excited for Wednesday night case updates because there's been so much stuff happening. Yes. We're going to learn a little bit more about what's going on with the Daybells. And in fact, at 9.30 Wednesday morning, we are back in court for yet another belligerent turd circus with the Daybell crew. So we will be live streaming that. So Wednesday morning at 9.30 a.m. And you won't miss this because this is when John Pryor asks for all the charges to be dropped against Chad Daybell. And if you know anything about this case, you know what a load of horse shit that is. <laughs> so, uh, it's going to be pretty funny, I think. Because quite honestly, Your Honor, or quite frankly, Your Honor, mm-hmm. or I can't, we really should. As I'm sure together. you know, Your Honor, mm-hmm. in yeah. your infinite wisdom, Your Honor, we're going to be hearing all that. <laughs> it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. It will be interesting. That's for sure. Uh, but also, Crumbleys were in court today. Mm. There has been some ridiculous shit filed in Josh Duggar. I think oh, his yes. attorneys have forgotten that he's already been sentenced. They act <laughs> like they're headed to pretrial, not sentencing. Yeah. Yeah, he's already been convicted. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other stuff. So be sure you come back uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday night, tonight uh, at 7 p.m. for case updates because uh, it is going to be juicy. Yes, it is. Yeah. And who knows, maybe we'll hear something in court about little Miss Sassy Pants uh, coming back to court. Is she spiffed up and ready? We think yes. you guys, she may be putting on her Jolly Rancher lipstick as we speak. (laughs) Could could happen. Could happen. All right. And of course, we mean Lori Daybell, but Mm -hmm. you probably knew. But none of that has anything to do with the cases we have to present to you right now. True. We have three barn burners, as if what we've already presented this week didn't, well, burn down enough barns. (laughs) (laughs) We're not done yet. No, we are not. I'm going to kick the mic right over to you, Christy, for some creepy crime. You betcha. 
you know, there was this woman in Oregon, and, and she had a dream. And her dream was to be a DEA agent. Well, that's a good dream. Uh, you know, I mean, why not? She really wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But I think she might have gone about it in a bit of a sketchy way. You, you, you tell me. So recently, oh, a uh, man and a woman were seen by the police in Portland. Okay, and they had red and blue emergency lights on their Dodge Charger. And they were wearing tactical vests with DEA patches on them. And when the police walked up to them and asked for their credentials, they handed over federal narcotics agents' badges that were 100% fake. Did they get them from Wish? I'm not sure where they got them. But uh, the man in this situation, his name is Robert Golden. Mm-hmm. And he was arrested and charged with a with impersonating a federal agent. Now, the woman that was with him has not been charged with a crime because she tells this fantastical tale. For the last year, she has been training with this guy. He oh, God. issued who, her the badge. She's been going on nightly ride-alongs with him and he's been helping her practice her shooting holy shit yeah apparently they were going out and talking to homeless people trying to recruit confidential informants oh my god (laughs) in the car there were handcuffs right handcuffs holsters and a bb gun that looks like an (laughs) ar-15 Oh, my gosh. And he tried to tell the police that he and this woman were just doing cosplay. And they were just dressing up like DEA agents so no one would bother them. As you do. Sure. As you do. Right? As you do. Well, and, you know, driving around with a, a light bar on your car, impersonating the police. I mean. He was just doing that to get through traffic easier. So he's been charged. She hasn't, but she should at least get charged with stupidity. <laughs> I because say, I mean, is there an idiocy charge? I mean, if you're gonna become a DEA agent, don't you think there's like an office you go to and a shit ton of paperwork and background checks and training you go to? You don't just meet up with some process? weird guy who gives you a badge and drives you around every night. <laughs> Teaches you how to shoot a BB gun. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This one just killed me because I'm like, okay, maybe initially getting duped. Okay, I maybe I can see that. You think she just really wanted it too much? And I guess because she's been riding around with this dummy for a year, for a year, and it never dawned on her. I mean, first of all, she wasn't getting paid. At some point, didn't she wonder if she should start receiving a paycheck? She just was in training this whole time. I I don't know. I I have no idea what how these two got hooked up with each other, but the police were pretty sure in talking to her that 
she legit thought she was being trained by a real DEA agent. For the love. Absolutely not that. Okay. I am truly sad for her. I I am too. Come on. What in the actual hell? I I do not know. I yeah. Also, I, I have how many have they questions. gotten away with this for a year? Right? They've been out impersonating DEA agents for a year and no one's noticed until now. Wonder what else they've done. You know, that's the thing. What else have they done? And what was his motive? Like what was he really getting out of this? Mm-hmm. Probably don't want to know. Uh, I don't how know. often have they rubbed elbows with the police yeah. that they didn't realize they were working with a couple of fakes? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But um, definitely, you know, I'm just going to say this. Just do your research, my friends. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but, you can't work really, for the DEA unless really you do. actually fill out paperwork and go to an office and mm-hmm. meet other people who work for the DEA. <laughs> and get, the you know, interviewed and things. Yeah. 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 It doesn't really. They don't just pull a badge out of the trunk of their unmarked car and hand it to you. That's not really how <laughs> You actually have to fill out like a direct deposit form, stuff like that. So, can you imagine the bullshit he must have fed her this last year? I cannot. And I, you know, I have real questions about her that she bought this story. Mm-hmm. Well, but... and the flattery and the gaslighting. I mean, I can only imagine mm-hmm. the manipulation that has happened here yeah. and how much this will muff up her life just in uh, having her dreams shattered and what she thought was real that wasn't and doubt everything mm-hmm. now. But Holy Moses. At least he didn't get charged with the impersonation. I mean, yeah. became pretty obvious apparently to the police right away that she was, in fact, innocent in this and thought she was just getting training. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, with that being said, I'm going to send the mic back to you for our main case. Okay. Well, I hear that your cats have been serenading us with the piano. So how very kind of them for adding to the show. Uh, Interesting. uh, It's funny how you and I do this. We've done it lots of times where we never talk about the cases we're bringing. And we always let it be a surprise. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And surprise it is sometimes. Uh, But I'm also bringing a case of someone who gaslit someone into thinking something else. This is the craziest freaking case. In fact, at sentencing, the judge said it was the most bonkers shit he'd ever seen in 23 years of sitting on the bench. Oh, wow. I'm jumping ahead. Okay. I want to tell you a little bit about our victim first, because he was just a little sweetheart, I think, that just got totally screwed over. His name was Bernie James. He was born in 1949 in Washington, D.C., grew up in Maryland. Uh, Following high school, he ended up in Vietnam. Mm. So that's a hard start. Mm-hmm. And then he came home and he got married uh, in the 70s at some point and uh, was happily married and had a happy little life going. He had three little kids and his wife had an, a brain aneurysm and died suddenly mm-hmm. and just devastated him and, the, yeah. and his family. And the next two, that was in 1980. And the next couple of years were really, really hard because he was trying to work full time and raised these three children, and it was really tough. Well, he was working as a dispatcher, and in 1982, this woman named Patty started calling dispatch and talking to him and took a real shine to him. 
and started calling literally every single day and talking to him. Can you imagine just calling dispatch just to shoot the bull? I mean, Uh, no. Who does that? But Bernie was lonely. Big red flag right there. He was lonely. He was overwhelmed. And, you know, eventually, you know, they started talking that, uh, you know, maybe she could start helping him with his kids. And there was something that uh, she finally confessed. And that was that when she was a child, she had a really fast growing tumor on her face that was removed that disfigured her face. And so she was really afraid to uh, to meet with him because she was afraid that he wouldn't like her after he saw her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her face was fairly uh-huh. disfigured. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But he was not dissuaded. Uh, you know, he wasn't that kind of guy. And so she moved in with him to help with the kids. And they got married in 1984. And she became the stepmama. And for the next five years, I think that he thought that things were okay. And then things got weird. And she was turned out to be a shyster, kind of dishonest. Uh, She was doing things like she was telling people that one of their sons was uh, deaf and was raising money to help him. He wasn't deaf. There were some things like that that went on that she was being sketchy. Mm -hmm. So they had moved to Florida after they got married and to be closer to her family. And he contacted his family and let them know that uh, I'm going to be getting divorced. I think me and the kids are going to be coming back. But that hadn't happened. And his parents got this weird typewritten typewritten letter in the mail that was supposedly from him uh, that refuted that and kind of shut that idea down that he was actually coming back. And his, his mother said at the time it was very weird to get mm-hmm. this weird typewritten letter from him that didn't really seem like it came from him. Mm-hmm. But they weren't really sure, you know, what was going on. Yeah. So on March 24th, 1987, uh, there was a call that came into dispatch from Patty saying that she had just found her husband dead in their car. Mm. So they sent uh, deputies out and she told them that, uh, They had been to purchase groceries and came back and he was going to change the oil in the car and she was taking the groceries in the house to put them away. So she did so. And after she did, she looked outside and she said he was standing outside chatting with a black man. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. And she described this man. He was about six feet tall. He had a French accent. He was wearing tack khakis. Like she had a whole thing going about exactly what this man looked like. She says she uh, just went back in the house. Uh, He's wearing dark colored pants. Sorry. Uh, She said she went back in the house. Uh, 20 minutes later, she came back out. And this is when she finds Bernie inside the vehicle dead. So she believes that he was murdered. Maybe it was some kind of a theft or something. They sat her down with a sketch artist and she described a person. They drew drew up a sketch and started running it all over the neighborhood and nobody had seen this guy. Shocker. Right? So then they were, I think they were a little bit weird about her story the whole time. 
Then they examined the car and discovered that the oil had not been changed. None of that had happened. There was also nothing around the car to indicate that someone had been changing the oil, which, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're changing the oil, there's oil that has been drained out of the car. There's probably a box from the new filter and the old filter, but there weren't any of those things. So that Mm. didn't make sense. So then, of course, they talked to his parents and they told them about the weird letter and that uh, she had basically told him that her husband told Bernie that uh, I'm the woman of the house now and you're not going to be helping out your parents and taking care of other people. You'll be taking care of me and the kids. And that's when she made him move to Florida. Mm -hmm. It's just it gets, you know, it starts to feel like some. Well, domestic violence and stuff. Yeah, it does. So they bring her in for questioning on April 8th and basically start, you know, confronting her with all the inconsistencies in her story. Like you said this, but that's not true. You said this, but that's not true. We haven't found any kind of suspect that matches your description. The car oil was not changed. That wasn't true. So what's really going on? What do you really have to say? Mm-hmm. So she drops her head and sits there for a minute and she says, I know who killed my husband. I've just been too terrified to tell. Oh, no. So terrified, don't you know? Mm-hmm. So she tells them about how they went to a friend's house who they were on the bowling league with, a guy named Timothy Ott. She says they went to Timothy's house to talk about bowling leagues things, as you do. I'm okay. Yeah. And she went to the bathroom and when she came out, Timothy had murdered Bernie. She said he had hit him in the head. That was in their house. Mm -hmm. (coughs) There was blood in the car and there was, he had blunt force trauma. At any rate, she said he uh, had hit him, but he died of asphyxiation. Anyway, uh, she said he hit him in the head with a baseball bat and strangled him to death and then helped her get him back into the car. Um, she said that uh, on the way back, she didn't think he was that hurt. She wasn't really sure what his injuries were because she didn't actually see the fight happen. All she knew is that something had happened. So this is the story that she tells. So they go and they pick up Ott and bring him in for questioning. And he says he doesn't know anyone named Bernie and Patty James. And he's like truly very confused. So then they whip out pictures. And he's like, oh, no, yeah, I know those two. Yeah, I bowl with them. Uh, But he says, but that's not their names. And they're like, no, yeah, yeah, that's their names. He says, oh, well, they go by, uh, they go by Booth and Demi. And that's how he knew them. What? So then he tells them, Demi is a good friend of my fiance. In fact, that's how I met her. Her name's TJ. Oh, then they start talking to him more about TJ. Well, he's never met TJ. What? (coughs) Dear sweet Timothy. Oh, dear. Has been catfished in a real bad way. It sounds like it. So Timothy has been told by TJ and by Demi 
I should have done that twice. <laughs> TJ and Demi. <laughs> I, <laughs> Love the quotes. That Booth has been sexually assaulting their children. Oh. And that TJ is in Texas. She's a flight attendant, don't you know? Of course. So she's always out of town. Mm-hmm. And he's seen pictures of her and she's a beautiful blonde. And she has the sweetest voice. And they're going to be married at some point. Just as soon as she's, uh, you know, done divorcing Booth, who she's terrified right now because the courts are going to force her to bring the kids back and start letting Booth have some visitation with them. And he has been molesting the kids and that's why they got divorced. What? So Demi Mm -hmm. and TJ... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Both uh, in separate phone calls, of course, uh, convinced Timothy that he should kill Booth to save the children. Oh, my God. And he freaking does. So the story about the it happening at the house is true? Yes. Oh, my hell. It is true, except for that he was dead, you know, before. Mm-hmm. She knew he was dead, of course, but uh, that that is true. So finally, the lights turn on for our sweet Timothy, and he finally starts to understand that Demi and TJ are the same person, mm-hmm. and they are both Patty James. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh no. Yeah. And Patty has now spun one lie after another for the police, and they've absolutely had it with her ass. And so the more they start looking into the whole situation, they also discover that, guess what? Same story, different woman. There was a life insurance policy that she was trying to get her hands on, and it was $145,000, which $145,000 in the mid-'80s. No, that was a lot of money. That's still a lot of money, but that was really a lot of money. And they finally understand that that's what really happened here. What really happened here is that Patty James befriended this dumbass, tricked him, convinced him, used, you know, I, this is what I really, she must have a hell of a good uh, impersonation voice. Yeah. Like she was getting him on the phone and talking to him as both people, and he didn't know the difference. He had no idea. He thought he was engaged to TJ. Holy shit. Apparently, this little affair situation had been going on for around six months. Oh, wow. But again, they also had him convinced, or she did, I shouldn't say they, because there is no they, mm. had him convinced that these children were in dire straits and that uh-huh. somebody had to do something to save them mm-hmm. so they go to court and patty is charged finally with first degree murder mm-hmm. and goes to prison and in 1988 she's found guilty of first degree murder uh she was sentenced to life with no chance of parole for 25 years and actually died in prison in 2018 oh wow So this picture of her is uh, a prison picture towards the end of her life. Okay. Wow. Timothy was charged with second degree murder, 
was also convicted, served 20 years, and is out now. Wow. He's uh, just trying to lay low and, you know, figure out life post-murder, post-prison, and I'm sure figure out what the hell he's going to do with himself. Wow. I mean, murder's bad and wrong, and it should have never happened, but this idiot, he just fell for a line and a golden <sighs> vagina that he hadn't seen yet. Yeah, he surely did. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't that a hell of a tale? I wonder if he's married to a woman who thinks that she's been training for the DEA. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it seems like they might be a match made in heaven. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's a Florida man. Oh. So, I, you know, he might also be married to a woman who, uh, you know, holds up a fast food restaurant with an alligator or... Could be, yes, yes. Is was found on the street selling hundred dollar tickets to heaven, or <laughs> it could be so many things. There's a lot of things, a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just thought that was a hell of a crazy story. That is wow. Yeah, poor Timothy, poor, poor Bernie, and Bernie. the poor kids. Yes, poor kids. What they went through. Had some weird, creepy ass stepmother that was lying about him being disabled and weird stuff yeah. and uh it had gotten real me. weird it sounds like yeah and then murders their father which is so, so sad, sad considering that they also had lost their mom in a really yeah. tragic way yeah, yeah that is wow yeah Whew. so there you have it so i'm gonna kick the mic back to you for well more i think wtf news yes well, WTF, you guys, you know that I love a good dumb bank robber story, right? And I have who found doesn't? who doesn't, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> and dumb bank uh, robbers. That's I've who. got a great one for you. This is Michael Harrell, and he, uh, <laughs> He robbed a U.S. bank in Cleveland, Ohio. He passed a note to the teller. As you do. Apparently. Yeah. But un unfortunately, the note was written on the back of a document from the Ohio Bureau of Motor Vehicles. And it contained his full name and address. What? <laughs> Yeah, like there's sort of a key here when it comes to using a note in a bank robbery. And it's definitely that you make sure there's nothing on the other side of the piece of paper. Oh, come on. You're supposed to cut letters out of a magazine. Everybody knows that. Right, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. so, I mean, there's not a lot to be said. I mean, he was very quickly uh, arrested. Mm -hmm. So and he did get away with some money? He did. The teller gave uh -huh. him some money and he left. And then they called the police and said, hey, this guy named Mark Michael <laughs> Harold that lives at this address just robbed us if you wouldn't mind going and picking him up. And they did. So I don't know. I I think these crimes, they might take a little more of a thought out plan than what they've been getting lately. I mean, who goes, hmm, should I write a note beforehand? 
Should I write a note when I get there? I'm not going to do it now. Note. I'll be too nervous. I should just do it now. Oh, if only I had some paper. Well, here's some. <laughs> right? Like, oh, how convenient. I'll just write it on the back of this piece of paper that has my name and address on it. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, not the smartest criminal ever, but he was caught quickly and no one was harmed, which is which is a good thing. It's well, good thing. I've got some good news for him. Mm. When he's done doing his time here, uh, there's probably a spot for him in the Seattle DEA's office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there probably is. Yeah, yeah, in Portland. Yeah, they're Portland. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've heard they're they're, they're looking for a new trainee. <laughs> <laughs> Must work for free and attend every single night trainings. Yes, and ask zero questions. <laughs> <laughs> And master the art of BB gunneridge. Yes. Yes, definitely. I don't think that's a word at all. <laughs> I, but... I don't either, but oh my gosh. <laughs> well, what a day we have had. You know, I, I feel like we all deserve this because yesterday our cases were all episode. really heavy, really good work, really good work, but uh, so heavy. So I guess uh, the reprieve today is that we get this. Now we're going to get to uh, stream the belligerent turd circus in court at 930 uh, here on Wednesday. And um, yeah, with the day bells and then case updates tonight. It's going to be a day. It is. It is going to be a day. But Eat feel your free. Weeds, drink your laugh. coffee. Put on <laughs> your running shoes. Yep. Get your pearls ready for clutching in court. Yes, they're going to be. There's going to be a lot of pearl clutching in this court. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll be back. So keep an eye on things. Uh, you know we will. Thanks, you guys, for being here. Like, share, follow, dislike, comment, whatever. Um, no, we're not going to go on a diet, so you don't have to ask us anymore. <laughs> Get that out of the way now. <laughs> Let's just clear that up. Yeah. Be good to each other, please. And be good to yourselves, you guys. Life is weird and hard these days. and. You know, laughter is one thing we do have, and so is kindness. So spread that shit. Thanks Mm -hmm. so much for being here. This has been yet another production of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, everybody.